Let's do it. <laughs> so setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. All right, now so I think we're live right now. I guess once we watch it, we'll see if it's actually live. All right, so I think we're live. We're live on Facebook. Blake, you're checking this out? Um, uh, <laughs> come off of your phone, nudes. All right, my people. Uh, welcome to this first edition of Just Reasoning Live. Uh, Just Reasoning is a show um, that we, My Soul Rebel, Soul Rebel Productions, started many years ago. And it was basically to, to give a voice to many different things going on within our community here in Houston, within the Caribbean community, um, across the world, back home in our home countries, and to give voice to these issues. Uh, we first started doing this as in front of a studio audience up at Uptown, what's now Uptown Lounge, used to be Uptown Hookah Bar back then. Um, and we realized that it's important that we have a forum for, to discuss these relevant issues, um, debate, and just you know, highlight things that are important for us um, to, um, to talk about. And so with everything going on in the world right now, um, with the, you know, basically three crises going on, you have this global pandemic, COVID-19 coronavirus, which just mashing up the world, over 100,000 deaths in the US, uh, brought on by that is basically a second great depression with unemployment, you know, probably 20 something percent right now. And now as of late, we, you know, in the midst of all that, you know, probably for a good two months, everything that was on TV was just coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. But, you know, I, I hear somebody say, I can't believe coronavirus blew a 20 to three lead to racism, right? That was all, that was all the coverage, but then racism is the America's original sin and that not going anywhere. So yeah, the murder of George Floyd, you know, take off, you know, massive things all over the country. And um, we decided that, you know, it's time for us to restart this forum. Um, let's discuss these issues. So we'll do this on a weekly basis, discuss issues that are relevant, bring on different guests with certain expertise and, um, you know, and just reason about it. That's what the show is, just reasoning, you know, man and man or man and woman, just, just reasoning about these relevant issues. So with that, we have a few topics that we want to cover tonight. So we'll kick off a ball. So introductions, many of you may not know us. Me, I'm C-Dub and you know, I'm, I'm your host, one of your three hosts for this inaugural edition of Just Reasoning Live. And now I'll punt to my other um, business partners. And all right. <laughs> Sponsored by Hennessy, Red Stripe, and DNG. Hennessy, Red Stripe, DNG. But uh, my name is Dwayne Davis, and I'm the CFO of Soul Rebel Productions, also over the clothing line, uh, Rebel Collection. Stores everywhere. Pick it up. <laughs> um, Blade? Um, Blade, I guess. Government name, Stefan. Um, one of the owners of Soul Rebel Productions, 
And um, I guess I'll be kicking it off tonight with, uh, with my topic, right? Kick off we about have, my youth. We have yeah, a few different topics. It was kind of hard to choose just one. But the only thing that kind of was weighing heavily on me for the last week plus is follow through. Right. Follow through this time. Like, what's next, right? I've been in this country for over 20 years and so long. I've seen mm, time fly. Yeah. Mm. And I've seen a few different instances where a George, a George Floyd has happened, right? And we have had moments of, you know, unsettled communities, whether they try to protest peacefully or you know, I remember the Armadou Diallo case where, you know, some rioting went, but it wasn't to the extent that we're seeing now. But people were hurt, upset, and they voiced that through different platforms, different mediums, different outlets, right? But then a week and a half, two weeks later, it's back to business as usual, like nothing happened, right? Not going too far back, just a decade ago, right? When Eric Garner got killed, when Tamir Rice got killed, when Trayvon Martin got killed, right? We had protests. We had, again, voicing our hurt, voicing our anger, our distrust as a community. And then the hashtags fade away and it was back to the same old, same old. Back to watching the NFL, even though they blackballed Colin Kaepernick, back to business as usual. But this time around, my question that I'm posing to the general public is, what's next? Are we just going to do the same thing that we have been doing before? Or are we using this opportunity to follow through and get the change that's needed, right? The necessary change. Are we using this opportunity? Because we're all at home right now, whether you have a nine to five or whatever it is, majority of us working from home or whatever. So we have time, which is maybe the reason why it's this reaction, this magnitude of reaction, right? Because a lot of us have time on our hand um, from those who have been disenfranchised, losing their jobs, laid off or furloughed or whatever you want to call it. This is an outlet or an avenue that they can pour that energy into something positive, seeing this change, right? And it's not just here, right? So one of the things I want to tell my people who are, outside the community and are trying to figure out how can they help or how can they understand this is not about George Floyd, the individual. This is not about George Floyd, the individual. George Floyd, the individual is a straw that broke the camel back. Yes, but this is not about him as an individual. This is happening as far back as Black Wall Street, Emmett Till, peaceful protest from MLK who got killed all the way up. The list goes on and on and on, and it's right back to the same old, same old. So this, you know, my question is, what's next? Are we getting ready to go back to the same old, same old? Or are we fed up and frustrated and, you know, had enough to where we want to see systemic changes? We want to see changes throughout the DNA of Americans, because contrary to popular belief, this system is not broken. 
the system is working perfectly how it has been Function designed as designed yes this is how the system was designed to function anyone Shit who stuff. has yeah anyone who has an ability to go on google right now can can see from the slave patrols all the way up there's nothing that's changed so now that we're here what are we going to do is it going to be business as usual what going back next that? week and the hashtag fade away or is well, it going to be here we are going to <laughs> change you know uh so, i think that's uh that's a great topic to start off with because you're right i mean a lot of what we're seeing out in the streets um is uh is a lot of frustration is it's a frustra frustration from you know history there were gunshots nobody else is concerned because ain't nobody outside <laughs> Don't text me your phone. Oh, my bad. <laughs> all right. Pick me, I get beat. No, I just joke. Um, all right. So what, what you're seeing is a lot of frustration um, from, for one, the, the overall history, hundreds of years um, of, you know, from slavery to Jim Crow to segregation to disenfranchisement, all of that is built up. Um, in addition to that, what is presently going on right now with the health crisis and the economic crisis, which hits our community hardest, right? And so you have, you know, a lot of people who are, you know, um, furloughed out, out of a job, what have you, probably have family members sick in the hospital or died or they can't even go and visit. And so then pack on top of that, this thing with George Floyd now, now everybody's out in the streets. And so, yes, right now, there's a lot of anger. But as you said, as you introduced this topic, this has happened before. We marched on our protests. You know, I was downtown, you know, what was that? After Trayvon Martin, then after Mike Brown. And, you know, we march and, you know, we hold up signs. People give speeches. We do that. You have some people out there, you know, collecting voter registrations. And we did all that. And what happened? Things quiet down for a little bit. Three more months, same thing happened again. So um, what will make this time different? Um, you know, so, so the, the question is, you know, you know, so will it be different? And the answer to that, it is, it is up to us. Now, how do we make it different? What are the things that we need to do to make it different? Um, America, as you mentioned, this is, it's not an accident that things are this way. Things are this way by design, right? Um, from you know, the red line and, you know, no investment in certain communities and you can't own homes in certain areas and then funding schools through property taxes. So you, if you're in a low, uh, you know, property area, then your school don't get enough resources so we can keep you with substandard education. So now, you, you know, all these things are by design. Uh, so America speaks two languages, right? Um, you may think the language is English, the primary language is, is, is green, the almighty dollar. Um, so the economic power and political power is basically what, and, and so, see a, a lot of these people, you know, kind of want a quick fix, right? The, something that has been ingrained in this system for hundreds of years, not going away overnight. Therefore, our victories aren't coming overnight. And a lot of most of, of these victories aren't going to be on the front page. It's not something that you can just go out and see. So it's something that we really have to 
dig down and commit to. Yes, voting is extremely important. And it's not, you know, we, you know, tend to just get hyped up about the presidential election. Um, the pe people who have the most impact on your life on a day-to-day -day basis is who run your local community, right? From your school board to your city council, to your mayor, um, to your state representatives, these are the people who really run things in your world. When, and you know, I, I heard somebody say it, after the Ferguson thing with Mike Brown uh, and that officer, I don't think he, he, I don't think he was even charged. Every single person who was a part of that decision was either elected or nominated by somebody who was elected. Uh, with Ferguson being a majority black community, they just got their first black mayor, I think, just like this week. Um, but that is, you know, uh, when you when when we don't take that right seriously enough, you know, because the system not working. Well, the system not working because we don't really participate in it like we should, and that's not just voting. It also means running for office ourselves. So those are the slow victories. We're going to have to get up and go to our school board meetings and do all these things, and you know, go to our you know city council meetings and make sure that we put the right people in these positions to then make the necessary changes. You know, we can list off all sorts of changes that we can, that we think would make sense, such as there's no reason why in any police department that if there's an officer involved shooting, that the DA who in 99% of cases is working with the police department, there's no reason that that same DA should be expected to prosecute the people that they work with it, you know, every day. So in every single city across the country, we that has to be we have to get rid of that but you know these things can't be decided at the federal level it's on a city by city basis that's why i say it's going to be the, this battle isn't going to be a you know one that that is easy to articulate and easy you know to do so um so that that's the you know there are many aspects about that and i've been talking for a while now as i as i do when something really hit me uh, uh, the political power is one aspect of it economic power um their money and politics go hand in hand. You know, people listen to what drives money, right? Campaigns are funded. You know, companies donate to, you know, to steer legislation towards their interests. So if we collectively decide to spend according to, not just within our community, but when we do spend outside of our community, be mindful of who we spend it with and be mindful of what they spend their money on and then use that as a stick you know to make sure that our interests you know our policy interests our um the particular candidates we back make sure that they get into power so um you know that so those are the things that would make this time different but this is is going to be a long haul we're going to this i'm talking day by day you know, election by election, you know, things that don't make the headlines, that's so, something we're going to have to commit to doing. So I, I, I see your point. I agree with most of it, right? But again, the beauty about just reasoning is that we don't always have the same united uh -oh. mindset, uh -oh. here, right? Here comes the controversy. Um, <laughs> yeah, before, Fire on, before you go back to that, let me get my little pointer. Uh, um, so I agree with what Chris is saying, but I'm going to go... Thank you. A little at a, another lower level. So uh, basically, it does start with us. Um, from 
as little as your neighborhood watch, from you knowing who the people that police your neighborhood are, you know who your sheriff is, you know who your local prosecutors are, you know who your local judges is, you being involved in uh, your local homeowners association, um, being uh, having knowledge of the laws um, in your specific area. Because just as something as little as fireworks, okay, Fort Bend, um, you're allowed. Harris County, you're not. Things like that, okay? Mm -hmm. just, just that knowledge. Um, and voting is a major part of it. But like Chris said, money is where it's at. It's where we spend our money. Like we will go in, I'm gonna say we, I'm saying we as the people, I'm guilty of it too, you know. Um, Kenneth, we'll go to- who made that? Man, who? <laughs> man, I hope it's one of us because I shall do partake of a lot of it. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna use a, a, a Gucci as an example. Gucci has nothing to do with us, but we'll go and spend $800 on the Gucci belt. But what about products that we make, that we manufacture, that we bring in the country? Um, that exposure isn't there. So we need to be mindful of where we spend our money and basically how we go about our day-to-day -day and be mindful of everything around us. So go ahead, mm -hmm. bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. I mean, yep. there's no objection to that part of it because you have two choices. It's either you're funneling your, your, your freedom or you're financing your genocide. There's no great year. Mm, say that again, I like that. Come yeah, again. Yeah, I like that. I come like again. that. Come again, come again. It's either time. you're funneling your freedom or you're fueling your genocide. Oh, okay. You know, there, there, there's really no great year. You know, I see you, blood. Um, Genghis Khan? Where you get that from? <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not blood said. Where you get it from? It, it's actually me. You're too you light. I, I like I made that. A, I, like I, that. Made a, I made I'm a, a post because... I'm a Google that. No, no, because I was, I was watching... That came the night when I saw the video of George Floyd. That, that's when I thought about that. And I typed this long thing and then I deleted it. Sometimes I just needed to get it out. So I had this long-winded... Let me type this stuff and then I deleted it and I went live, right? But the, the, the thing back to what Chris was saying is that I agree with majority of what you're saying, except like right now I'm at the position where we need to restructure how we vote. We need to reassess how we vote, right? We have been, since, since I came here again, 20 something years, it's like, if you're black and you start, vote- You even start twang now and you vote Republican or something like that, it's like you commit the ultimate sin, uh -huh. right? It's like, that's, that's how it's, it's structured. Uh -huh. But I'm looking at people who effectively get their agendas passed in the voting process. Take, uh -huh. for example, the NRA. Uh -huh. Members of the NRA don't care uh -huh. if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. They want to know, are you backing their agenda? Dollar bill, that's all it is. Then they are putting the money behind whoever it is that's backing their agenda, right? I think a more effective approach for us as a community right now is to vote as a united front, to vote as a collective. But in doing so, we have to be united. We have to get to the part where we are united. We have to get to the part where we can approach from politicians, from constables, from judges, from at every level of government where you're elected, we have to have this conversation and have a representative there to ask the questions that matter to us as a community. 
And mm -hmm. if that person is willing to meet these requirements that we have, then you will get our vote, then you will get our financial resources to get mm -hmm. elected. But mm -hmm. if you are not, then we move on to the next person. If there's nobody there to represent us, then we put a representative right there to go ahead and run for that office. Right. But the, the, the us just voting down the ticket because they're Democrat or voting down the ticket because they're Republican, it hasn't worked for us. It has not worked for us. Right. And we have to do something different, right? Insanity, mm -hmm. doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. It's Einstein said it's not you, so you can't. No, yeah, that's Einstein. This time. Okay, all right. Okay. You know, that's 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 kind of where I'm at right now when it comes right. to voting. Right. Being more effective with the way that we vote. Right. So, and, so go ahead, go ahead. And you know, piggybacking off what Duane says, that comes into it too. When we're united, guess what? We're going to be the same way how we can be at every peewee football league because that matters to us. It's the same way we can be at every student council meeting. It's the same way that we can be at every neighborhood association, every homeowners association meeting, right? We have to be there to show them that what you're deciding matters to us, right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't just be meeting the police that's responsible for our neighborhood whenever he pull us over. Mm -hmm. We should actually meet him before so that when we get stopped by or him her. in our neighborhood or her, no. lioness, you know, when they stop us in our neighborhood, <laughs> we can say, you know, what's going on, Charlie? How you doing? How was your night? Have a conversation because now I put a name to you. You are Charlie. You know it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it, it's like bring it back to a more humane level. Right. But, right. you know, going back to the original topic, what's next, you know, you know, what our next moves are, our next moves are communicating the way they communicate. They communicate with dollars and cents, property, resources, and they communicate with lives, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You disrupt their loss of income, their loss of property, that's, that's troubling. And I don't mean necessarily going and burning down the city. I mean, disrupting it from, from ensuring that we buy black right? Disrupting it, ensuring that we intentionally do not spend with certain organizations that don't spend their resources to uplift us. Mm -hmm. you know, these are some of the conscious decisions we have to make. Referencing Gucci. I ain't see Gucci out there. I ain't see no representatives. I could be wrong. I ain't see no blackouts from Gucci. I ain't see no press releases from Gucci. But yet still, we are one of Gucci's top group speak for yourself but now that kind of money there right so what about your roommate <laughs> <laughs> how about that cinderella's not buying any gucci but but it is it, it is that and you know like yeah. like this this what i personally hope is that we follow through I personally hope this time will follow through. I personally hope that this nine days that we're usually doing it, where after the nine day period, it's back to business as usual, get extended. Mm -hmm. I personally hope that it changes. Some of the things that will work in our favor this time is they're not able to manipulate the narrative. They're not able to control the narrative like years past. 
because years passed, we only got our information through ABC, CBS, CNN, and their media outlets. Now we're able to see the raw footage. We're able to see that's the true. kids on the front line and whoever that's out there through their phone. 99% of the time we're searching social media. We're typing in a hashtag to see what those videos are like before we turn on the TV to see what they're saying because they are controlling the narrative to maintain their status quo, to mm -hmm. suit their agenda. But when we see the raw footage out there, we're able to, form, we're smart enough, we're intelligent enough to where we're able to formulate our own opinion. Case on point, George Floyd, George, George Floyd died, right? And I their know. medical examiner gave a, a, a farce of a report. Did you see the police right. report? <laughs> so just imagine, if we didn't have that footage mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and we were going by the report that they released, mm -hmm. imagine if that footage was not available and the world was not privy to see exactly what transpired. The narrative would be this man went into, you know, the store to, with, with, with forgery and, you know, the police were trying, the good cops were trying to do their job and he was resisting and, and you know, that would be the spin. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he probably had a gun on him and, you know, yeah. the police had to defend themselves. And yeah, that would well, be did, the Did he have a gun when they had him in the back of the police car beating his ass? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, so, 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 so now that we are able to see these images and these videos of actual events, it totally, you know, it creates a level of distrust. <laughs> but these are things that we have been saying for decades that, yo, it's different. It's different. All right. Like when I went live that night, it's because I felt it. I mean, I had I had a police officer pull up behind me for about a mile, driving behind me for a mile. Mm. And he was so close behind me that the rear view sensor on the truck was beeping. Mm. Like the backup sensor was beeping. That's how close he was behind me for a mm. mile. Mm. And I was nervous. Mm -hmm. I have no, I have no criminal record. I have my tags, everything good. I don't smoke. I barely drink. Huh? Like, yeah, I barely drink. Social. I'm not, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. it, it, it's like all of these things, <laughs> all of these things, right? And I'm nervous as well. Going home. To the point I say, you know what? Let me take a different route home because I'm not sure what's going on. So I took a more lit route where you have more light and business and stuff. And the man was behind me. There was no other, there was nothing else in the other lanes or whatever, but yet still I was, you know, nervous. Of course, yeah. You, know, you should be, but at the same this, time. Me saying this, I shouldn't be nervous, but I am, and I'm sure that every person of color that's hearing my voice right now can relate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you should yeah. have been, but at the same time, Absolutely also be nothing but that drives a level of fear that is hard to put into words. Yeah, but also be confident in things that you just told me. You you don't have a criminal record, okay? You yeah. know you weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah. Um, all your all your items are valid. You have your sticker, your driver's license, insurance, and all that. So be confident in that. Because I've been in the same situation, but. I guess because through different experiences, I don't have a level of fear. I know I have my shit in order. So mm -hmm. come at me with what you made. I have a rebuttal and I know the law. So 
if you don't have anything valid and, and I'm going to comply, you know, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I mean, that's not going to cross my mind. I have family to go home to. So the main thing to me, and I would tell any black man or younger black man in that situation is to comply and, you know, just make sure you have everything in order and, and be truthful. If you don't have something, just put it out there more times but than that, not. That is the issue. We should not have to do that. We should not have to have that conversation. We should not have to have a but protocol of how black men need to act when they're oh, interacting yeah, with the police. Do. Yeah, That's I mean, we, yeah. Do, we, we do should. based we on should. the system, but we yeah. should not have to. Of course, yeah, yeah. In, in, in an ideal world, yes, we shouldn't have to. But, you know, basically the, the goal, when I get stopped by police, um, my, my goal, goal is to make it home to my family. to make it home. That's it. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, and, and, and because you comply and do these things doesn't really mean anything. It depends on who you buck up on, right? I mean, I've had police, you know, back when I was in college, driving home from the computer lab, you know, University of Texas, driving home from the computer lab late at night. This was before laptops and all that. So we had to go to a computer lab to do work. Coming back about three o'clock in the morning, um, on like a Wednesday or something, and police pulled me over, and uh, and the first thing the man asked me is, "What the hell are you doing on this college campus at this time of night?" I'm like, "I'm coming back from <laughs> the computer lab," and then you know I'm asked for you know um, you know insurance, and so I'm reaching into the glove box. The man draws his gun. I'm like, "Hey,", hey, hey. you know, and so. If one false move or if I sneeze or anything like that, mm -hmm. and then misinterpret a certain way, I could have been gone. Easy. You know, many other such incidents where, so yes, these things should not happen in an ideal world, but we live in America. Um, and, it's, you know, I'm sure this is not just America. This happened all, all, all over the world to some degree. Once we carry the skin, people assume certain things about us and a certain level of fear and this and that. We're not changing those things. We can change the systems around it. We can, you know, make sure that people with certain, you know, infractions are off the force and harsher requirements to become, to get on the force. We can do all those sorts of things, but that innate fear, this thing has, is ingrained for hundreds of years. Um, let me agree with, before we switch topics and go on to, to text, um, I agree with you what you're saying about voting. Um, I, I do not think that any political party should be able to say, you know what, we have the black vote in the bag, we don't have to worry about it. I, I honestly want there to be a, a real competition for black votes between Democrats and Republicans. I, I don't think the Republican Party of today, as we sit right now, has a single thing to offer any black people, but that's just right now. And but, the funny thing is that they don't realize that they could actually own the black vote because yeah, by but, nature, black people yeah, are just, extremely you're just conservative. 20 minutes, my turn. But you are right. Black people are socially conservative, generally yep. speaking. Um, yep. So that, yeah, but, you know, because, because that, you know, they don't, they don't not, all, not only do they not try, they're openly hostile. And I'm speaking generally. So yes, I the so you know we always you know asking a candidate you know what's your black agenda what's your black agenda we should never have to ask that question because you know what we should have our agenda outlined 
and say, these are the things we want. These are our ass in criminal justice, in economics, in education, and these are the things. Now, who got to sign on to our agenda? And that is the person that gets our vote, right? We're not, yeah. not, not ask everybody to come up with their agenda. No, we nope. need to- we, we, have, we have our top 10 things. We have our top 20 yeah, lists. Yes. We have the things that you need to address. <laughs> Exactly. Are you going to address these? We don't Period. need a verbal agreement. We don't yes. need you to give us empty promises. But, we and, need your signature on this. Right, right. Just and, like if you were dealing and, with the NRA and there's a level of accountability that you right. have to adhere to, and, that's what we want. And another thing, where we tend to fail, um, and I saw this clear as day with Barack Obama, is we get all the hype in the world to go and vote. And we think it done us up. And then we just sit back and I think, think these things were to get done. No, the, the vote, that's the beginning of your activism. It doesn't finish there. We can talk about, you know, the LGBT community. It's not people just running to just give them certain things because they were on people's ass, um, so to speak, um, about these issues, right? Uh, and they only supported certain candidates and they stayed on them again and again and again and make sure that their agenda got passed. So I'm just using that as an example of a particular interest group with a particular set of concerns. We have to be active way after we vote. You know, after we vote, you know, we need to be in there in, you know, with, with legislation, know what's being voted on, um, call them, email them, show up at the office, you know, and, and, and hold, hold their feet to the fire to make sure that these things get done. Our activism does not stop once we vote for somebody. We have to stay on them until they do the things that we ask them to do, that we demand for them to do. And if they don't, elections are every year. We move asses out of office, plain and simple. That's what yeah. we have to do. The one All thing right. I want to add on to that, hold on, before we even go any and further then, is- And then you can the, take your topic from there. All right, cool, is the candidate pool, okay? Um, Blade was talking about being selective and who we vote for. Of course, you're exactly right, but we have to also look at our candidate pool. We raised so many of our black men to covet sports um, and uh, be rappers. And uh, just to take uh, my daughter as an example, she wants to be a teacher. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, let's let's son uh, of two teachers married to a teacher. Yeah, let, let, let's put other options out there and let them know that um, politics is an area where we definitely need uh, definitely. representation, period, definitely. okay? Mm -hmm. and, and let's talk to them about the benefits of that, mm -hmm. whether it be financial, uh, systemic. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to that, like I said, it, it's okay to, to, you know, your son or daughter has aspirations to be an athlete. Um, a singer, a dancer, a teacher, that's all great. But open up the opportunities for them and, and see what these politicians uh, locally and nationally are doing and, and show them, look, you can be a spark of change. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure Barack Obama at 12 didn't think, okay, I'd be president of the United States someday, okay? I'm sure at some point between 12 and 18, he was like, hmm, you know, maybe I can do this. You know, it takes one of us or just anybody in the community to say, hey, look at somebody and say, hey, you know, one day you could be president. I would like to know that at, at what age did he say, you know what, I could be president, right? Because yeah. it, it's not like he was in a political path his whole life. 
right, right. Community organizing. Like, was he thinking I could be president at that point? Why are you, you know, you're just trying to raise funding to get somebody's, you know, AC unit fixed or whatever? Um, that's not, that'll be I've never heard him answer that question. Yeah, check that out. When did you think, you know what? I would like to become president. I think I can become president. Anyway. Uh, so so what, what you said is actually good because, you know, my better half, she works in, um, works with kids and I get to see a lot of that on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So one of the things that she's passionate about is youth and government. So there's a lot of resources out there that we are not utilizing because whenever you go to these youth, and, these, these youth and government meetings or whatever, yes, we're there, but we're not there in the numbers that we could be, you know? We're not being represented as a community in the numbers at that lower level, at the kid child level, as we could be. And that's them having like mock courts, mock elections, just to get a feel of how the system works, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, if, if your child is, is, is able to understand, you know, I think you should expose them to as much things as we can. Mm -hmm. children live what they learn they're you know sponges they're you know sucking up everything that we pour out to them and present in front of them and we shouldn't be just pushing them as entertainment or dancing monkeys you know mm -hmm. we should be giving them ulterior other op options you know yeah, we can't be lions <laughs> dancing <laughs> lions <laughs> my, my rebel yeah. all right to teach about the thing. So you're a topic. Yeah, let me let me uh, take the baton along with it. So um, I'm not a big social media influencer or anything like that, but you know I do come across posts every now and then, and this one hit me. So I'm just gonna put this picture up. Who that? I'm joking. Uh, uh huh. K7. Yeah, Y'all see who that is? I said cap. Is something else cap. in the background? No, no, no. So okay. I, I took the caption out so I can mm -hmm. talk about it. So. Uh, basically, it said, if I told you so was a person. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I stopped dead in my tracks. Okay. Because that, that kind of hit me hard. What would you rather have? A man using his platform silently, mm -hmm. not bringing any harm to anyone. Uh -huh. Okay. To bring attention to social injustice or uh -huh. what we have today. Uh -huh. Okay. So, first of all, I want to take time out to. Um, um, give my condolences to the family of uh, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. um, your death will not be in vain. And he's in a much better place right now. And uh, basically, God has gained another angel in our fight. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely, we all need to basically pick up the baton and run with what's going mm -hmm. on right now, peacefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, with that said, I just have a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah. Y'all see what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't want to get too much into the negativity of it. But um, uh, one point I want to bring out is the role of basically, or not the role, but athletes have a platform. And just recently, uh, me and Chris talked about it earlier, Drew Brees came out and said, <laughs> Chris <is> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, don't disrespect the flag. Right. Like, all that's going on and this is what you came out with. This is a statement you gave. And rightfully so, uh, a couple of his teammates, um, uh, 
who was it? Uh, Michael Percy Thomas. Ever. Yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Thomas basically stopped him in his tracks. Drew Brees, who are you going to throw to? I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah. your team is 80% African-American. Yeah. In New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in New Orleans. Yeah. You know what? So, um, Drew Brees, to me, um, <laughs> and, and this is a discussion, you know, so, I, you know, Drew Brees is from Austin. I went to school in Austin. I have a lot of friends in Austin. I don't know the area of Austin where he's from, right? So he, he's from a well-to-do area in Austin. Um, as a football player, Drew has most likely been around a lot of black people his whole life, just from playing football. Uh, so, you know, so I, you know, I heard some people talk about, you know, he's a really good guy. He does this in East Austin, which at the time when I was in school was, you know, like the hood. It's kind of changed in recent years, gentrification and all that. But, you know, talk about all the things that he does mm -hmm. in East Austin um, or, you know, that, you know, the things that he did to help build, rebuild New Orleans after the storm. You know, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And these are black people I'm talking about. Not, not, they, they, they disagree with his stance, but they're pointing out good things about him. Right. So basically, Drew Brees, to me, is a typical example of it's not my problem. Right. So. When, when you come to me with this issue that I'm uncomfortable talking about, I do not, yes, you can see the videos of, you know, people getting brutalized and murdered and hear people talking about it. I won't have it, but he doesn't have to worry about his, I don't know if he, has, you know, if he has sons or daughters, but he doesn't have to worry about them to that degree when they leave the house. So it's really not mm -hmm. his problem. It's something that's going on over there. It doesn't affect me directly. So when you don't want to talk about the subject, like everybody does, you change the subject. So or you shut this, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what they do is this thing about, even though, you know, if you go back to the history about how the kneeling started to begin with, that first Kaepernick was just sitting on the bench, right? And then, you know, he talked to, you know, a, a veteran who said, basically the respectful thing to do, what we do in the military is we take a knee. You know, when a brother is fall on the battlefield, mm -hmm. we take a knee. So that's how that started. And as much as Cap was talking about this, is, it's just to, you know, to, for us to remember our fallen brothers and the social injustice um, and, this, you know, this um, things that are going on in our community that we just go around and we're throwing the ball to each other. We're not even thinking about it, just living our lives while our communities are suffering. And I want to use this little two minutes to bring attention to that cause. Because people do not want to talk about that, they Two change minutes. the subject and say, you are disrespecting the flag, you're disrespecting the anthem, you're disrespecting the military, completely changing the subject. And so a few, a, a bunch of football players call out Drew on that. It's like, uh, you know, as, as much black teammates have you had, and as, how do you not know what this is about? So it, and then it was, like, it was like, you know what? It's not that he doesn't know. He knows exactly what it's about. It's an uncomfortable subject for a well-to-do white boy to discuss. So, because I do not want to talk about it, I'm going to wrap myself in the flag, wrap myself in the military and say, I support the military so I cannot support somebody on their knees for two minutes for a song. So it's because he does not want to talk about it. I'm not going to go out and call Drew Brees racist. I don't know anything about Drew Brees personally. I know him as a great football player. I don't know anything about him personally. But I think it's a classic example of somebody who this does not affect, 
it's not my problem. You know, I, you can do all the volunteerism in the world. You can help all the at-risk kids that you want, that you want. But when the shit hits the fan and one of somebody in our community is laying dead in the streets and we are trying to bring voice to that, you are pissing all over the message by saying, by changing the subject to something else. And they, and, and these are, you know, they're, they're you know, and, and I'm sure Blade will get into this. There are those who are just out and out racist and we see them for who they are. And there are others who are just silent, right? And to me, they're all part of the problem because, you know, we can lift the button, you know, to a certain degree, but it can't just be us. You know, we're, we're not the majority in this country. We're going to need allies who don't look like us. So those who have that powerful platform, you know, you mentioned platform, you know, so, you know, Drew Brees, you know, can reach millions of people with a message, with a snap of his finger or with a tweet or what, a post or a whole night event, whatever. When you are sleeping on that platform that could bring about awareness and change, but it doesn't affect you. I bet if there was a thing about, you know, Westlake white boys getting gunned down left and right, and it, yeah. it affects you and your family and people that you know and people you grew up with. It's not on the doorstep. You a, then you have a different stance. But it doesn't affect you, so, eh, you know, let me change the subject and talk about the military. And you see, he's, he's like you said, we don't know him, right? We don't know him personally, but he's a representation of a large demographic here in this country, a large demographic of influencers, and a large demographic of people in power, right? They have a certain lifestyle, you know, they have the golf course lifestyle, they, you know, were born into privilege and have seen nothing but privilege. You know, going to school was a mere formality, getting a degree was a mere formality because they're from a well-to-do family. So worst case scenario, they're gonna fall back in their family's business. That's the worst case scenario, right? And there is a large demographic of those people who are the ones who unfortunately make all the decisions for everybody. So their perspective is skewed based on their life experiences. They can't see the total picture. And even if they can, they refuse to because it feels somewhat disruptive, right? Um, the narrative, they try to control and change it to fit their agendas. And we see it. But like I said in other discussions and other forums is, I like my people who express their prejudice like Drew Brees or like 45, you know? And it might sound controversial, but I prefer it that way. I prefer you to do it directly to me. That way I know exactly who you are and I know how to, how to deal with you, right? Versus you being covert and coming in to pat me on the back and that pat turn into a knife in my back me thinking you're an ally when you have an agenda, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about Jubries and the Jubriezes. I'm disappointed because the fact is that we thought you were an ally. You are representing one of the few NFL franchises in a predominantly black city. You know, you are on one of the few teams with a predominantly black staff not just the football players but the staff on a whole is predominantly black so it's like everything that's surrounding you 
is black. You were vocal with Katrina. You were instrumental in bringing that city back to fruition in a sense, right? So we expected more from you. If this was Ben Roethlisberger, or if this was, you know, Tom Brady, we wouldn't be surprised. We wouldn't be responding the way we are because of how they operate. I mean, Anthony Brown, you know, call him crazy. Or not. He, he, he told us who that's, Big that's Ben is, boy. you know. <laughs> we have heard stories of Tom Brady and he showed us. He never went when Obama was in office. He, he showed us exactly who he is. So if it was any of those two people, we would not be, the, the world wouldn't react. There wouldn't be a tweet. There wouldn't be anything. But you are somebody who came as an ally. You positioned yourself as an ally. And it is more damaging for an ally to speak the way you are because the people who are not a part of the community look at you as an expert in this field because you have been around the situation. You sound like the godfather. You broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he did. Right on. Yeah, he did. Because like did. you said, like you said, I expected more from him, and, and this is why. Drew Brees is one of probably the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, statistically um, out there. I look up to him. I, I love the Saints. You know, they're going to be competitors, you know, every Sunday. You know, they're going to, you know, give you their best. Now, in all fairness, I do not believe Drew Brees is racist at all. I don't. But I do expect more from him. And for the simple fact he's been in the league how many years? Shoot. A long time. Oh, yeah. a, a long time. Yeah. This is this is five. it's probably like 38 or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. It, mm -hmm. These situations are nothing new to him. So to me, you know, I just expected a lot more. It'll be better if he would have said, you know, I stand with my brothers on this and, and, and left leave, it at and that. And leave it right yeah, there. Leave it right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean and, what, and, what what Matt Ryan said was precise. Matt Ryan said, I don't mm -hmm. understand. I am a white okay. man I'm good and I that. don't understand. I, yeah, yeah, I want to know how I can help. Right. What can That's I do? Answer. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. The last yeah. thing I want to bring up um, before we go to Chris is, um, and like I said, I don't believe Drew Brees is a racist, but in all fairness, he's going to get scrutinized because of his platform. With that said, I did also read that for the first time in a while, Michael Jordan uh, made a statement about um, Floyd's Rele death. Released the statement. Released the statement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's different. Which, oh, which he was, which he was criticized right. for. Yeah, yeah. Which he was criticized for um, during his reign um, that he didn't take social stands. What do y'all have to say about that? Uh, so um, Michael Jordan, you know, people are who they are, right? Uh, if I were somebody like Michael Jordan, because I'm an outspoken person, period. I would be outspoken, but I don't expect what? somebody. You? <laughs> nah. Why? <laughs> because Jordan is not an outspoken person, I don't really expect him to be out. It's it's disappointing, but that's who he is, right? Um, you know, he's you know one of my two or three favorite basketball players of all time, and I don't think it is debatable by anybody with good sense that he's the best basketball player who ever played. People make the LeBron comparison. Basketball-wise, it's not close to me, but activism-wise, 
oh. Jordan can't touch LeBron, LeBron. when it comes to activism. Oh, LeBron, you know, I, you know, as has, not just activism, just human tearing, just him yeah. being. What were you back up just now? Human tearing. What, what Humanitarian. The part that probably the part that probably interfere with the other R. I thought you said human tearing. You know, he know, he know, he known for making up the words. Oh, he will make up the words. But yeah, so but yeah, so I I have the utmost respect for. I'm definitely no LeBron hater. Never have been. Oh, no, no. And I, I respect his activism and his voice. I mean, he was one of the first ones to uh, to call out Drew Brees. I'm like, how could you not understand this? And right. no, not Drew. You know, minute most people would have just been, eh, let me just be quiet. Let me just make my money. But that to me, that has to be in you. Don't fake it. Jordan, if you haven't been an outspoken person, make your lawyer write the statement and release it. Cool. You know, that, that, I don't I don't expect... Michael Jordan, I expect him to donate money to causes, and I'm sure he has, but he's not going to be that vocal representative. It's not him. It never so, happened. So, so the, the, the only time I've seen Michael really, you know, saying anything was the Kobe stuff, right? When he was given the eulogy at Kobe's, you know, and then now he releases this. It's, it's, it's kind of, uh -oh, here we go. you can take it either way. You can take it if you're a skeptic. You can say this is a political move. It's a business move to be politically correct because you realize who your, your, your customer base is and you want to ensure that you don't be one of those companies who seem as if you're not with the cause. So you can, you, can, you can view it from that perspective and you can view it that he's also genuinely hurt by yeah. the, the, the things that have transpired. Right. He has finally sobered up so to speak, and he's now using his platform, right. you know, to speak on issues that matter to the community that he's ultimately a part of, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can't convince anybody either way. You yeah. can it's, you can make the argument for either for, for either yeah. way. It's probably but a regardless. By him, I think it's definitely a combination. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be somewhere in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because when you see like even a Chick Fil A putting out a Black Lives Matter, when Chick Fil A has always been all lives matter and blue lives matter. But now, because they feel the pressure. That's why I'm messing with Chick fil A. Hey, they're not, they're not messing with chicken money. Hey, we nah, said I'm mean. messing with. <laughs> so, so, so. Well, I'll be you know. vexed when Chick fil A be closed on Sunday, boy. <laughs> so, it's, 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 it's right now, it goes back to our original topic. They understand two things loss of revenue. Yeah. which they have already experienced loss of revenue because of the pandemic. And then now the little revenue that you are getting coming in is going to be cut again because black folks who are one of the top spenders in the country decide we're not going to spend with you. Mm -hmm. Right? Let that so, sink in. What percent of the population are we? <laughs> 20, 20, 20%, like 20, like 22%. I don't think we're 20 yet. No, I think we're in the teens. We're not. We're not twenty. We're still nineteen. We're in the teens. No, we're in the teens. Right. No, I read nineteen about a year ago. I thought if, it was if 20, you're counting, like they count like immigrants and whatever. We probably are, but if they are saying just Americans, no, with black people, which from which me, me, you, doing black people, which whichever part you're born. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think I think it's twenty plus. Anyway, we I we, think it's we, like twenty two. Yeah. Anyway. Somebody Google that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Google anyway, it right now. Uh, no, all right. So, last topic. Let's end on a on a happy note. Donald Trump. <laughs> all right. Um, so, 
My break topic up, losing losing. <laughs> can't hear you good. <laughs> Comcast a lose signal. <laughs> Comcast, well, we need a, a sponsor. Comcast, Comcast competitor. Anyway, um, my topic is: Could it happen here? Right. So when I say that, you know, a lot of people make the comparisons between Donald Trump and Hitler. And what happens is when you compare, the quickest way to lose anybody in a discussion or an argument is to compare them to Hitler, right? So people just kind of like, ah, oh, no, Trump hasn't killed millions of Jews. Ah, that's ridiculous. And they shut you down. But I'm not really looking at the aspect of, you know, the, the killing of the Jews, which is, you know, when you bring up Hitler, that's the first thing you think of. Uh, if, you know, even though Trump has hum inhumanely caged thousands of, you know, Mexicans and South Americans at the border, right? So, you know, it, what's the next step from there? You, that can be called a concentration camp, but I'm not looking at that aspect of it. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how they came into power and comparing the times in which we are living right now to the times in 1920s Germany. So 1920s Germany, Germany was a prosperous democratic country, right? That, you know, like, like the US is today. And Hitler didn't come in and take over by force. Hitler was democratically put in his position. So basically he ran for office. He didn't win the presidency, but he got 36% of the votes. Um, and he had a large following even though he didn't win the election. So the president extended an olive branch, wanted to reach out to Hitler's supporters, say, I'm going to make you essentially uh, the chancellor, which is like the prime minister. For those of us you know, from parliamentary backgrounds, the party with the, the majority parliamentary seats, you are the prime minister. So he became essentially the prime minister. And so now once he was in, in you know, the president is still the head of the government, but Hitler was the prime minister. So what happens is um, there, somebody set fire to the, the parliament building. And so Hitler convinced the president that we need to essentially more or less declare martial law. And under these conditions, we're going to suspend certain rights, suspend the, the free press, so, and, and just gradually started taking over power. You know, started you know, arresting his enemies and you know, locking people up and, and, and what, until he had no opposition. And the thing that people need to understand is these things didn't happen just boom overnight and then take over and done. It happened gradually by people not paying attention, people being so comfortable in their status and their, their, their wealth and their comfort, they didn't pay attention. So when I look at the US today, when I look at the things that Trump has done and is doing, like when the, you know, in busting up these recent protests in DC, the man called out the military. The military is not supposed to operate like that on US soil. He literally, yeah, so of course he had burning and looting um, the previous night. But th at this time, this was in the daytime, people were just holding up signs, protesting. This man wanted to go and take a picture in front of a church. So he called in the military, the US military, to shoot tear gas, rubber bullets, and run people out of a place so him and his crew can walk over to this 
boarded up church and take a picture holding up a Bible. And if you look in DC right now, military is all over, tanks going up and down the street in Washington, DC right now. And what, what bothers me, so it's not like this is one thing. It's step by step. He's doing these good things and has no opposition because the Republican Party, you know, Democrats will oppose him, but Democrats don't have enough people to really, you know, to change anything. They need Republican support. And the Republicans run the Senate and they refuse to even speak ill of the man. So there is literally nothing that they will not allow him to do. So what's to stop him to, you know, to declare martial law and say, you know, this um, things aren't really safe with this coronavirus. So we're just not going to have an election because it's not safe. And just call off the election. I mean, who's going to stop him? Because, because if he does that, then what are the legal means to stop him? Okay, you have to take it to court. Right now, he, he has put like 100 and something judges on these courts. The Supreme Court is slanted in his favor. So that I say all this to say, people think that these things can't happen here, but they can, and they are. You know, will it come to, to exterminating millions of people? No, but, well, actually, I don't know. But it can happen. And as long as we are in our comfort and, you know, and, and just allowing this, we're living our lives with taking care of our kids and doing all the things that we need to do while these gradual steps are taking place. And he, you know, just like Hitler, he started eliminating democratic institutions, things that are there to keep him in check, started dismantling them little by little while the people slept. And that is where we are today. And that is my fear. So question is, could it happen here? And if, and tell me why it, and if you don't think it could happen here, tell me why not. So let me throw that out and let's kick it. Let down. me, let me give some background on what's going on. And, and after I say what I have to say, y'all can tell me the similarities of what you see today and what went on in um, the 1920s and 1930s. So um, as Chris said, in the 1920s, Germany was fine financially. Um, they were um, Democratic Party. Um, so what was going on in the U.S.? I'm going to say I'm going to go to 1929. Uh, the U.S. stock market crashed and the Great Depression followed. Now, some of y'all are wondering uh, what happened to the stock market. Well, the problem is that uh, we were trading money, uh, trading stocks with borrowed money. So money that we didn't have we were actually using that um, to trade stocks, bad business. So that's like me going to Chris and saying, yo, I got a feeling, man, these numbers gonna hit. Let me borrow a thousand dollars. And Chris say, yo, you know what I'm We only got the rent money, but since you got a hunch, I trust you, I'm gonna give it to you. Guess what, I take that money, I go play my numbers, they don't hit. So guess what? I was already broke because I had to come to Chris for a thousand dollars. Then Chris yeah. just got evicted. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! <laughs> Not this Chris. Some other random Chris. <laughs> but y'all know what I mean. So we, you know, we bar, we, you know, we using money that we don't have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so during World War One, the U.S. made a ton of money. How? Well, they were supplying the war efforts overseas. Mm -hmm. And they were taking uh, that money 
and actually giving loans to people all over Europe and all over the world. So we were basically the big bank. USA was the bank. So if anybody needed money, USA was it. So basically when the stock market started to fail, y'all listen, stock market mm -hmm. started to fail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the bankers were like, look, and we need to start collecting our money because, you know, we, you know, we have an obligation to the businesses and the people that put money in our banks. And what happens is when you hear these rumors and, you know, you, uh, you could just imagine, you know, them hearing, oh, uh, the stock market's failing, you know, I'm gonna keep my money on my mattress, them going to the banks, say, you know what, I need to take all my money out. But guess what? When they went to these banks to get their money out, there was no money. Okay, businesses started to fold. When business start to fold, no jobs are available. People are without work. Again, they go to the banks, no money in the banks. Depression, Great Depression, right? Okay, so um, basically, um, Germany at the time, okay, we're going through some rough times and uh, as well, this was about 1933. The unemployment was about a third of the, of the force. So it was about 6 million people unemployed. Most of these people that were unemployed were men. Uh, mm -hmm. Back then, you know, men were, men were the breadwinners, the providers, you know, women were supposed to stay home and, you know, take care of the kids, mm -hmm. you know, in 10 house. So with this many people unemployed, here comes who? Mm -hmm. Adolphus Rice. Some men? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. here he comes, okay? And these men didn't have jobs and he had a message of hope. Mm -hmm. I, I think he said something like Wolf tickets. Germany great again, something, yeah. something like that. It, it was something very close. It was something very so, close. South America? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Something yep. like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, with these men not having worked and them being always the leader of their family and this opportunity to put food on the table, guess what they did? They joined the army, made it one of the biggest armies in the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like we're saying, um, nobody wanted to touch him because he was over the army, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. He had the biggest military force ever, so nobody's gonna touch him at mm -hmm. that point. Now, there's a lot of similarities in what's going on today, but I, one thing I can say is we're ahead of the curve. Um, there's something called a deflationary, a deflationary cycle. So basically, um, when the economy loses money, there are cycles there, but we're ahead of the curve there in one simple fact that we injected stimulus into the economy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, didn't hear me? We mm -hmm. injected mm -hmm. stimulus into the economy, hence mm -hmm. the $1,200 check some of y'all got. Mm -hmm. Okay? We injected money into the economy to keep Barred us, money. Keep us mm -hmm. going. Yeah. You know what? That <laughs> I don't even know. But, yeah, of course. But uh, I, 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 I tried to check them. If you look at our deficit numbers, there's no way we had the money. <laughs> So what I'm saying, yeah, um, you're exactly right there. So, yeah. So, so, so. All right, go ahead. Blade, yeah, yeah. Go on. Um. So, it's Why? it's <laughs> it's 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 possible. You know, the question is, can it happen? Yes, it's possible. Um. The only the only thing is the mindset I think of this generation is a little bit different. 
So there'll be fight back. But there was fight back back Shit. then. There was a lot of fight back. You know. So now I think it might be a little bit harder, but can it happen? Yeah, I don't see a lot of political resistance. And even if there is political resistance, <laughs> <There's> none. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not. I mean, they couldn't impeach him. They, they did impeach him. That, well, yeah. impeaching is trying, but they couldn't get him out. No, so basically, impeaching impeachment means taking him to trial. Right. Uh, so yeah. impeachment so was indictment. That. He was indicted. He didn't go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I meant. He right. wasn't. He wasn't kicked out. He wasn't found right. guilty. He wasn't kicked out. Right. Right. So that in in its sense showed you that, you know, it's a different thing. And the way things look right now, he's positioned himself for another four. Hmm. He's 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 positioned himself, and you know, to where he can do exactly the things that you listed. You know, whether you wanna use the martial law, whether he wants to use the pandemic as a reason not to go ahead and have the election, whether he wants to, you know, go ahead and put a freeze on there and tap into the 1827 laws, you know, whatever it is, he he, he has some things that he's playing with and, you know, he quite possibly could. Now, that being said, the whole topic of the conversation is racial injustice and this shit, right? How do we as a community you know, survive this double pandemic, you know, the COVID and the racist, you know. And the economy, triple. Well, yeah, economy too. So we, we have to think like ants. We have to do like ants and we have to become a true community. We have to become a colony and we have to be united in our moves. We have to do away with the petty BSs that has plagued our community. The only way we have been placed in the situation that we have, it's the same trick that they have been using for generations. Divide and rule, divide and conquer. To divide From the Will Lynch letter, where they say you are a little bit better because your skin tone is lighter, you're, you know, you can come in the house. It's the same thing, just reformatted. We have to realize it, acknowledge it, and attack it from a different perspective. We have to do it collectively. Doing it individually is not going to work doing it as a unit is the only way so we have to get the agendas going we have to create the black agenda you know and we have to make sure that they in, adhere to it we have to make sure that everybody know our demands we have to take things that work in other communities i mean somebody said it best if you go to a mexican restaurant right now and you ask for a pepsi you will not get a pepsi you'll get a harito you ask for a Coca-Cola. There is no Coca-Cola. We have Haritos. Why? Because that's directly supporting their economy. Right? And that's how we have to think. We have to figure out which one of the, 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 the things them that we consume most is produced by us. The Harito is expensive as hell, but whenever I go to the bodega or whatever, that's all they have. So if you're thirsty, you're going to drink, papi. You're going to drink. Right? And mm -hmm. that's how it is. So we have to look at it from all levels, from the little shop, the clothing, you know, the food, eventually having our own schools, because there's no reason why our children should only know that black history is slavery. There's no reason. There's no That's reason why 
There, there's no reason why our kids don't know who Masa Mansa is. There's no reason why they don't know who Toussaint Louverture is. There's no reason why they shouldn't know the teachings of Marcus Garvey. You understand? There's no reasons why they shouldn't know the positive black influences. They should know about Timbuktu. They should know who the real Egyptians were. They should know these, these, these historical facts. That's on us. So we have to make a conscious decision to ensure that that's instilled in our curriculums. And if the public schools don't want to do it because they're scared they would upset people, but yet still they want to come and tell us that slavery was, you know, um, an internship, unpaid internship, we, 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 we have to realize that they're still controlling the narrative and they're spinning it to their agenda. So we have to go ahead and liberate our kids, liberate the next generation by ensuring that we instill the truth in them, give them that sense of pride. Tell them about the ones who fought back. Don't just tell them about who got killed. We believe the children are the... Okay. You know what I'm saying? Tell them about <laughs> the Black Wall Streets and how it was structured and how it was functioning before it was destroyed. Hey, I like how you lock off my topic, though. Go on, man. Go on, go on. I saw, I'll, I'll bring it back. Go on, man. Go on. <laughs> but, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, it all ties in back to you. Like, regardless what, what, regardless what they do, regardless if we go into martial law, we're still black in America. And we still have to do what we have to do to preserve ourselves. Uh, right. We're still black in America. Um, but don't think it can be worse than it is. Because it can definitely. definitely be worse. And that's, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I get, you know, pretty irritated at people who really don't think, for the people who decide, people who are eligible to vote but don't vote because they don't think it makes a difference. Like, well, it's like, well, if, if you if you don't vote, it definitely will make a difference because I mean, people who want to see your destruction, I want to see you fall and die, and your children and your children's children, they're getting up and going to vote. So you decide what you want to do. And if you ever knew how they strategize to try to prevent you from voting, um. <laughs> then you would take it a lot more seriously. You know, so, you know, I, I, I think we are, I, I, I agree with all the, the, the issues around racial injustice that you said, but what I want people to realize is, you know, things can be worse than they are right now. Uh, you know, can they start rounding up people? Um, can they start rounding, okay, let's say not all people, but let's say, um, immigrants, you know, legal or illegal. Can they find some little thing in some 18th century law that if you reword it such a such a way that I, I'm, I'm telling you, there are so, I, I thought, you know, when we go to school and we learn about the U.S. government, about the checks and the balances and the, the federal, you know, the judiciary and the legislative system and they all check each other. And so you, so you didn't think like some of the, this was possible. What I'm now realizing, a lot of those things are assuming people have good faith, assuming that people have good intentions. You know, there are many things that, you know, like, like when did you ever re realize that a congressional subpoena was basically optional? I mean, they're subpoena Trump and all these people and they just say, nah, and they're just not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, so there are so many things that, re that, that, relies and assumes people have good intentions but so that's why I, and, and that's the thing that really scares me because i realize that there is no teeth behind any of this 
if Trump say I'm not holding the election, what is going to happen? I mean, are, are, are people going to go in and physically remove him from office? Like, what are the mechanisms to do something? I'm not talking about writing a strongly worded letter in the Washington Post or the New York Times. I don't care about any of that. What are the mechanisms that we have to enforce him to do something? And I just say, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a kid, right? You know, we all have kids. If, you know, a kid, you know, make a wrong step. If you don't say anything, they take another step and another step and another step until, you know, they're on the ledge about to fall off. So that's what I see with Trump. And try one good thing. Let me try the Muslim ban. All right. And then, you know, the court sent it back and said, well, let me reword it in a couple of ways until let me ban Muslims from certain countries and we allow it. And so I'm get away with that and just take another step and another step. And I just see this gradual encroachment where he is basically, you know, besides turning people against each other, uh, he is just disrupting the system and nobody is getting in his way to stop him. And we're going to look around at this rate and it's going to be too late. And so- What is his end game? That, that is one of the questions I wanted. What is his end game? Um, I mean, absolute so I, power corrupts absolute. I think, I, I think Donald Trump's overall motivation in every single thing he does is self-preservation. Exactly, exactly what I was gonna say. He would sell out his wife, his kids in a second. So, so right now, his primary motivation is to win re-election. And, and, and why that is, is because if he is not re-elected and he doesn't have the, the, the cover of the presidency, he's actually going to end up in jail. You know, I mean, once you look at all the things that, you know, from regarding, we're going to really find out what 2016 was really about. Why was he so emboldened to Russia? Why out of everybody, Trump always talking shit, you know, to but when it comes to Putin, he's just a, a, a coward like a puppy. Why? Yep, nobody ever asks these questions, you know. And so there is a conflict there. And so he, he knows that if a Democratic president and Senate and House ever gets in there, him and his children and probably children's children are going to find their asses in jail. So he's trying to preserve. So, so you're about to, in the next few months, you're about to see some really, really nasty things because winning this election or not is the is whether he lives the rest of his life as a free man because statute of limitations have expired, or he ends up in jail, you know, fat and dead in a few years. You know, so that's what. So his thing is self-preservation. I don't think he has some overall vision like Hitler and that sort of thing. So basically, this "Make America Great Again" thing was. Let me capitalize on the fears of the white working class. They fear, you know, they see a black man actually becoming president. They see black people being successful. And, you know, it, well, when you look at the overall numbers, they're still way ahead. But the, those who are, you know, moderately educated or just a high school degree and they're losing jobs to factories and, you know, factories getting shipped overseas and this and that. And so, he realizes that if I can just capitalize on that fear, capitalize on that, 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 that racial anxiety, then I can use them to assume control. 
But it's not really that his vision is to have an all-white world. That's just what works for him politically, <laughs> right? But overall, the number one answer to that, it's self-preservation, self-interest, money. Nothing else matters to him. That's I agree 100%. Yeah, and this, all of these things that, you know, these discussions need to be had, these topics need to be discussed. We need additional people from the community voicing their opinions because our perspectives matter. And Who are you calling out? Who we have it next week? Um, think about it. I think, I think we, can, we can start within... Lioness, police. We can start within our circle. We don't have to go outside the circle right now. By that, we I mean, definitely have a lot of outspoken people in our circle. So we can definitely one, fill you know, up Neil, a couple weeks. Neil is one that we can have. You know, you know, we have we have various peoples. We can yeah, even yeah. call one of the kings because they can give us perspectives from an attorney point of view. You know, so there's a lot of people that we can call out and reach out to, and you know, now, have Portland people on the show. We have like, you know, we can get like Connie <laughs> to show us how to design, you know, stuff and, you know, let us know how it works and, you know, different, different, different right. folks, business right. people, different folks. So, all right. So final words, final words, um, we're going to just give a little wrap up, a small wrap up blade, not, uh, not your 30 minute wrap up. Go ahead. I'll go oh, last this time. Reverse it. Huh? You go last this time. Uh, all right, so I'll go first. Uh, so this was Just Reasoning is back. We have been asked to do this, um, but we just tried to find the right way to do it and the right time to do it. And I couldn't think of a more ideal time to do it. The vision behind this is for us to discuss issues that are important to us as a people, as a Caribbean people, as black people, as people here in America, whatever those issues may be, uh, maybe news, sports, entertainment, you know, it won't always be serious issues like this. You know, we mm -hmm. are diverse people. So, but we want to provide this forum as a community voice. And so the plan is to do this on a weekly basis. Um, we Check your social media feeds for when we're going to do it each and every week. We want to have different guests on here, entertainers, business people, police, politicians, whatever. This is where we're going to reason and discuss these issues. Until next time, seat up, signing out. Tex. I just want to convey to the people, just, just get involved, whether it be um, your local homeowners association, your local neighborhood watch, your local police department, um, just get involved. Know your surroundings, know your neighborhood. It starts with us. So be involved and, our, and for our kids. Open up the, the Pandora's box of opportunities for them. You know, there's more things out there than sports, music, being a doctor and a lawyer. We need plenty of politicians. Um, by the climate of things that are going on right now, shoot, in the next 10, 20 years, we're going to need some representation, strong. So definitely, let's keep our options open for all of our kids and different opportunities. Love them, bless. So in closing, you I want to say seconds. that <laughs> that that um, this is something that's needed, a platform that's a true representation, a true representation of the people, a true reflection of our community. You know, our only aim is to be that voice for you guys. You know, this was the aim initially when we started just reasoning in front of a studio audience. 
it was to represent the community and be that voice for everyone's issues. And that's what we hope to do again with this. It's a different format. It's one that we hope works. It's one that we fell into because of COVID, but it's one that we're going to use and maximize to our full potential, right? Um, like my brother said, we're going to try to reach out to influencers within our community that best represent the different subject areas that we have to discuss. Yes, we would have loved to have opened with, did you see the Bujabantan concert or did you see the Bina versus Bunty Instagram show? Or, you know, we would have loved to do that. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately, we had stuff that was more pressing that we had to discuss. Right? We went from shutting down Instagram on a, you know, super high as a community to now we're finding out, you know, what's next. So, these are just some of the things to ponder. If you guys have anybody that you think we should reach out to, feel free to just leave a message under this live and we'll be sure to follow up with them to see if we can get them on. All right. We love y'all. Stay safe. You and your family stay safe. And until next time, probably next Wednesday, more than likely, because Wednesday seemed to work well for all of us. So right now you can pencil in it as Wednesday. But we'll keep you guys Wednesday informed. Wednesday, 9 o'clock-ish. Yeah, yeah. But we'll keep you informed <laughs> if there's any changes. But as of now, you can pencil it in as Wednesday at 9, right? So next week, same bad time, same bad place. Well, good. Just read My people, love on them. One Bless. Up. All right, I want to exit out this thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop live stream. <laughs> First time doing this.